Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. My name is Acacia McGuire Anderson with Employment First. This episode, we are discussing the Compass Project, which is a developmental disability services or ODDS system change designed to make the system more person-centered. Specifically, today, we're going to talk about a few changes that are happening for the Employment and Day Support Activities, or DSA, part of the system change. This will focus primarily on express and plan of care changes, and this podcast will hopefully be most helpful for case management entities. This podcast and conversation is going to focus primarily on express and plan of care changes, and hopefully will be most helpful for case management entity team members looking for a high-level overview of what is coming. Joining me today is Jean Reda and Stephanie Ronkel, both talented subject matter experts for the Employment First and Special Projects team at ODDS. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Before we get too deep into this, I'm going to go over a few of the changes we're anticipating for employment services. I'm going to begin with job coaching. So we've got two pretty big changes happening for job coaching with the implementation of new modifiers for when an individual begins job coaching either without VR or is getting job coaching support for a self-employment job. The reason we're doing this is so that we can more easily track the outcomes for people who get a job on their own and go straight into job coaching with ODDS and for those who are in self-employment. Essentially, we just wanna make sure that they're having the same positive outcomes that other people in this service are. These new modifiers do not currently have fixed rates in Express, but job coaching is paid at the same rate for these services. What that means is that when utilizing the modifier for job coaching with VR, without VR, excuse me, which will be WV or self-employment, which will be S1, the case management entity will need to enter the associated job coaching rate based on the person's service group. That might sound complicated, but for those of you who've been doing this for a while with us, know that that's how we do it today. So we call that a not to exceed or NTE, and for those services, they'll continue to be entered that way. Same job coaching rates, but with the without VR, WV, or self-employment S1 modifiers, those rates will be entered based on the person's service group. I want to emphasize these new modifiers will only be utilized for people who are entering job coaching without VR or starting in a new job that's self-employment after July 1st of 2022 or when their plan renews. So this is not something we're asking case management entities to go back and adjust. Rather, um, as we go forward for a new job coaching service um, without VR or self-employment after July 1, or as a plan renews, we'll ask that those modifiers get added to plan lines in plan of care. Another really exciting development is that we will now have an employment path solo rate. For those of you that talk in numbers, which I know some of us all do, employment path is OR541, and our new solo modifier will be RS. So employment path solo will be 541RS. This will be similar to what we've done for day support activities where an individual can choose to have one-to-one employment path service um, in the community to better explore employment. 
It could be used to learn more about different career paths, explore different job opportunities, learn more about resume writing, interviewing, etc. We're super excited about this opportunity. One thing to remember is that the service has to have a clear outcome related to community integrated employment. And as a case management entity, a service coordinator or personal agent, it's gonna need to be monitored regularly to ensure the person's goals are being met. For those that are currently in this one-to-one service because of COVID, it's at a higher rate of 3223. That's how we can identify and express who's currently receiving the service, and we're going to do our best to automatically change those to be RS in the system come July 1. For individuals who are newly entering this service um, on or after July 1, the case management entity is going to need to authorize the service using the RS modifier code. The other cool thing about this is it is a fixed rate, and so once you enter the RS modifier code, that solo rate will auto-populate. The other exciting news is we're going to be able to use this solo rate, which is about $40 an hour, for benefits counseling. Currently, we use the employment path community rates for benefits counseling, which is a tiered rate, um, but all of those rates are actually a little bit lower than the new one-to-one rate. So we'll be able to increase and strengthen our benefits counseling service by using this new rate in this service. No new modifiers for benefits counseling are needed. These are gonna be fixed rates, so they're gonna auto-populate. And so for individuals already in the service, nothing needs to change. Um, And for those new to the service, case management entities will authorize it the same way they always have. One thing that's um, changing with the new system is unfortunately Express is not able to auto-populate rates for discovery or job development services. Those are our outcome-based services, meaning that in order to get a payment, um, the provider has to complete a discovery profile or have a placement in job development. We're hoping in the future in new releases, this will become a fixed rate, but in the meantime, uh, the case management entity is going to have to enter the appropriate rate based on the person's service group, just like it's done today. Very shortly, we're going to have new expenditure guidelines out. Actually, by the time this podcast is out, they might be out and we'll have information available for easy updates in Express. But essentially what we're asking is if you already have somebody authorized for discovery, by July 1, the new rate will be need, will need to be in Express based on the person's service group. And after July 1, when the service is authorized, the rate will need to be entered as appropriate based on the person's service group. This will be the same for job development, though at this time, as I'm sure most of you already know, uh, ODDS is not the primary funder of job development. Finally, and I know I've been talking a while, we're gonna get to our guests here in just a second. There are a few technical changes happening. The big one is for the field to be aware that day support activities uh, or DSA solo is currently authorized as R1. So it's 542R1, again, for our numbers folks. This is gonna be changing to RS to match the other solo rates such as employment path. Express will roll these beginning July 1 of 2022 for anyone currently authorized with DSA solo R1. For new plans that begin after July 1, the service will need to be authorized as 542 or DSA RS. This is because R1 is becoming an exceptional modifier utilized for when somebody needs one-to-one service in the facility. Remember, when you're getting a solo DSA, 
It must be completely one-to-one and it must be in the community. What that means is it's not just one staff and one individual, but that that one staff and one individual are not in a group with others. If somebody needs a one-to-one support in a group, uh, meaning they need a one uh, direct staff during any other group services, that's an exceptional rate and that's the time we'll authorize those new modifiers. But the good news is ODDS is gonna do that on the back end. All you need to do as a case management entity is make an exception like you normally would and like you've done before. Internally, ODDS staff will authorize the appropriate modifiers or provide rate add-ons when a person has an approved exception for a one-to-one, two-to-one. Do you want a career that makes a difference? Consider a job where you get to work with people with developmental disabilities. ImpactOregon.Careers is a new website. It's where you'll find hundreds of careers to choose from that make a real difference. Jobs range from direct care to administrative and technical fields, from entry level to advanced. Find a career where you can help change someone's life. Go to ImpactOregon.Careers. This message is from the Office of Developmental Disability Services and the Oregon Association of Broadcasters. So now, speaking of exceptions, Jean, can you tell us a little bit about the exception process? For instance, if I am a person who currently has an exception in place, do I or my service coordinator or personal agent need to request a new one? Sure, uh, uh, absolutely. Um, As far as the logistics for submitting an exception request, uh, the process hasn't really changed. If the person and the rest of the employment team determines that uh, more support is needed, other than what has been assigned by the corresponding assessment, then an exception request should be uh, submitted to ODDS for review. Beginning July 1, 2022, the sole assessment that will designate rates for the vast amount of ODDS services, including employment and DSA, will be the Oregon Needs Assessment. And beginning July 1 is also when the new rate model will officially be implemented. There are a few things to watch for over the next couple of months. A big one is uh, that exception requests that were submitted before April 1, 2022, uh, they will end uh, July 1, 2022. And uh, they will end even if the approval was for a time period uh, beginning uh, July 1, 2022. So if uh, a person has an exception request that was approved by ODDS before April 1, uh, that exception request needs to be reevaluated. Uh, the person and the rest of the employment team should compare the rate approved in the exception request to the new rate assigned in the Oregon Needs Assessment. And uh, the new rate assigned, and if the new rate assigned will not uh, adequately support the person uh, during employment or DSA services, uh, then a new exception request will uh, need to be submitted by June 15th, 2022. Uh, just to make sure that the new rate gets implemented on a timely basis. Uh, Keep in mind that it may be possible that that the new rate assigned in the Oregon Needs Assessment will be higher than what is approved in the current exception request. Thus, uh, there may not be a need to submit a a new exception. So just to uh, kind of wrap that up, uh, the, the bottom line is to compare the old rate with the new rate, when it comes to exception requests approved before April 1, 2022, if uh, if the new rate designed uh, by the uh, Oregon Needs Assessment meets or exceeds what is approved in the exception request, then there is no need to submit a new exception. 
Now, for exception requests that have and will be submitted between April uh, 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2022, (laughs) there are really no considerations that need to be made. Uh, Exceptions can be submitted with reference to whatever rate model is current uh, before July 1, uh, 2022, and there is no need to refer to uh, the new rate, rate model. Exception requests submitted before April 1 and June 30th will automatically be updated to uh, new rates beginning July 1, and uh, there is no need for a second authorization by the case manager. I realize that I threw a lot of dates around, uh, but the most important consideration is the exceptions that were approved before April 1. Uh, Those exception requests uh, really do need to be reevaluated. Perfect. Thank you, Jean. I think that's really helpful for folks to just keep in mind um, in terms of current exceptions. And I know you mentioned this a little bit, but can you talk about how a new exception is requested? Sure. Yeah. And um, as mentioned above, the exception request process really hasn't changed and won't really uh, change when the uh, new rate model is implemented uh, beginning July 1. But the basic steps include first identifying uh, uh, that the rates assigned uh, to the person via the Oregon Needs Assessment uh, does not uh, meet the needs of the person in uh, the employment or DSA setting. And then next, uh, the person and the rest of the employment team uh, meet to determine the reason uh, for the exception request and determine if there are any alternative resources other than uh, an exception. And at this step, they should probably also confirm uh, that the Oregon Needs Assessment is current and accurate. And then after the team meets, the personal agent or service uh, coordinator will complete the exception request form and submit it to ODDS. And then next, the ODDS uh, exception request committee will review the request and make a decision. And finally, uh, the decision is issued and distributed back to the personal agent or services uh, coordinator. And then I guess one other thing to consider, uh, something to be aware of, is that uh, there is a new exception request form uh, that must be used for all new exception requests. Uh, The ODDHS form server should be checked on a regular basis for the most current revision of this form. And I think a link will be uh, provided to the form server uh, in in this podcast. And uh, the name of the form to search for is 0514DD. That's 0514DD, and that's all kind of in one phrase or, or one word. As Acacia mentioned, for a vast majority of employment and DSA services, the case manager will likely find that the rates will automatically populate and express, and reference uh, to an expenditure guideline or other rate chart uh, will probably not be needed as, as much. Finally, uh, there are a lot of trainings available regarding uh, the Compass Project and implementation of the new rate model, and uh, uh, we will provide a link uh, to those trainings in in this podcast. Perfect. Thank you, Gene. That's so helpful. Again, we know this is a lot of information for a podcast, but trying to get it out as much as we can as far as and as wide as we can. So, Stephanie, um, how about transportation? What changes are coming there? 
I'm glad you asked, Acacia. We've really, we're really excited to um, announce that we have a new transportation rate coming out uh, July 1st. It's going to replace a couple of the existing funding models we have in Express. So there's a DD53 transportation that's done through a client prior authorization or CPA um, and a per ride transportation under procedure code OR553 in plan of care. These are both being replaced with a new transportation agency per mile rate of $2.03 per mile. Um, the new procedure code for this service is OR005 for, again, for those numbers, people. And it can only be authorized for an agency who's enrolled to provide those transportation services. So that's going to be a really key thing moving forward. Uh, this per mile funding model allows providers to transport multiple people in a single ride and divide the longest ride by the number of people in the car for billing purposes, of course. Additionally, agency community transportation will increase to 56 cents per mile, similar to the rate paid for personal support workers who also deliver transportation services. This new funding model allows most transportation services, except for local match, to be authorized within a person's plan of care. And because of this change, we no longer have to require an exception for people who need to access multiple transportation services, like if someone needs a bus pass in addition to a provider uh, providing mileage supports. Um, as long as the monthly authorizations do not exceed the new limit of $577.32. So that's $577.32. That's the new monthly uh, cap. Uh, these transportation services will not replace transportation that's already funded through a person's residential service model, such as when a person who lives in 24-hour residential services accesses their community. Those transportation services are considered a part of the residential services model. However, we need to keep in mind that if a person needs an agency to provide transportation to or from their work, their community employment service, or to their DSA program, these services can be authorized through OR005 in the future. Perfect. And tell me again, OR005 is the new agency rate? Correct. This is only for agencies, can only be authorized for agencies to be able to provide that service. Perfect. So what if a person does need an exception? They go over that 577. Um, how do you manage that? Well, transportation exceptions, much like other exceptions, aren't going to be very different from the current process. Um, again, if a person's transportation needs exceed that funding limit of the 577.32, then we should, we should have a request submitted through the ODDS funding review process, just as Jean referenced uh, with the new form. Um, key items of the ex uh, that the exception committee are looking for, though, are the kind of show your work type of math. Uh, we need to see the calculations of how the team came up with the requested funding amount. So it's really important to outline the different transportation needs the person has and to clearly define how the amounts were derived uh, to come up with the, the requested amount. Perfect. Well, thank you both to Jean and Stephanie. I really appreciate your time. Again, we know this is a lot of information to put out in a podcast, but we want to make sure people um, have a sense of what is coming for employment, day support, and transportation. As Jean mentioned, we do have several online trainings. Um, you can find them by using your browser of choice and searching for Oregon. ODDS Compass Project. Um, that'll bring up our Compass Project page and there is a training section there. Um, and we will also post the link um, in our message and in this transcript. Um, anything else, Jean or Stephanie, before we wrap up? Not for me. Thank you. 
No, thank you. This is really exciting to see this stuff move forward. All right. Well, thanks to you both. This has been the Employment First podcast. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in.